Sacktown Sports. Headlines. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports headlines. The San Antonio Spurs announced Wednesday that French phenom Victor Wembanyama will not be joining the team in Sacramento for the California Classic, but he will join the team in Las Vegas for the NBA Summer League Showcase. If you are like Wemby and won't be in the building July 3rd and 5th for the Classic, you can always tap in at SacktownSports.com. A handful of NFL players are expected to receive season-long suspensions this week after allegedly violating the NFL's policy on gambling. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Indianapolis Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers joins a growing list of subjects implicated in prohibited gambling acts according to league guidelines. The NFL plans to reinforce and clarify its gambling policy to players and personnel amid the rapid proliferation of sports betting. And San Francisco Giants upstairs visiting the Blue Jays today and got worked early. Blue Jays up 5-0, bottom of the fourth. I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked. <laughs> I'm Simone. Those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Top spot coming at you right now on Cattles and Rami. Did you miss the headline and the top story of the day? Extra, extra, we know about it. Don't worry, because we got you covered. This is how we do. It's the Cattles and Rami. Top spot. So Harrison Barnes, Rami, Harrison Barnes. Yesterday, James Hamm reported that uh, all talks between the Kings and Barnes. Can we lower that down a little bit? Thank you. I was kind of losing my train of thought it was, as it was smashing me in the air. Um, that, that all talks between Barnes and the Kings had stopped about three weeks ago. No more conversations between HB and the Kings. Then today... We uh, get word that they're talking again, Rami. James Ham says that HB is back at the table with the Kings. What do you think this means? Do you think this means that HB could be back here? It's more likely now because they're talking again or what? I mean, it's it's certainly better than not talking, right? <laughs> right? It's more possible that he's going to be back True. if they're talking than if they're not talking. But I don't know what necessarily to make of it, Nick. This this could be that the Kings have been throwing feelers out there and aren't getting a lot of mutual interest from some of the free agents who maybe they had in mind with their $36 million. Maybe Harrison Barnes has feelers out there and he's not garnering the interest that he thought he might garner in free agency. And he's the one who's deciding to come back to the table. You would, you would have to think something changed with one of, if not both of their situations or, or what they thought their situations will be once free agency does open up on Friday. But this also could just be one last check-in. You know what I mean? Like, hey, are you still sticking to what you said three weeks ago last time we talked? Yeah, how about you? You still sticking to what you said three weeks ago last we talked? Yep, all right, well... Let's uh let's go see what's out there for both of us and 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 maybe reconvene in in a few days if we don't find something better out there. Maybe one side, maybe both sides feel a little bit more desperate to get a deal done for whatever reason. That could be a possibility. Maybe the Kings were big game hunting and then said to themselves, "Well, we're not going to be able to uh catch any of that big game, so let's let's move back to HB and, and go back to what we know. We know what he brings to the table. We're comfortable and confident with him. It, it would be very interesting to see if HB walks. 
what Mike Brown's reaction would be. Now, I don't expect Mike Brown to go spit hot fire into a microphone for 45 minutes and throw Monty under the bus if, if they ended up letting HB walk. But we can't forget, Rami, that Mike called HB irreplaceable last season. And he's gone on record saying he wants HB back. And he thinks HB is very important and crucial to the team. So, you know, how would Coach Brown feel if uh, if HB went elsewhere? Not sure. I mean, we did say at the time, Nick, that not, not that Mike Brown was insincere or didn't mean what he said, but that's also just what he's going to say at that time when asked about Harrison Barnes. You know what I mean? You, you, don't, you don't have a guy playing a major role on a playoff team and somebody asks you about him, you go, I don't know, man, we'll figure it out when we get there. You know what I mean? You say, no, he's he's invaluable to this team. We need Harrison Barnes. We got to bring Harrison Barnes back. You know what I mean? That's just what you say in that scenario. So I wasn't putting much stock in it then. We said then, if you can upgrade on Harrison Barnes, if there's a route to do so, you probably go ahead and and do so. And I, I still feel that way today. But maybe they just maybe they don't think that there is a path to upgrading on Harrison Barnes based on what they're hearing ahead of the free agent market. We also talked today about uh, ESPN's free agent preview piece with their insiders talking and weighing in on the uh, offseason and free agency coming up on Friday. And three out of the four insiders said that the Kings have the most to prove. And, you know, Rami, they essentially said that the Kings should make a big splash. I I don't know if I'm in the they have to make a big splash. It'd be nice. What they have to do is they have to upgrade. And we, we spoke with Chris Biederman earlier on the show. And there's another side to that, which is what to you represents a big splash? It's all subjective. Some people might think Kyle Kuzma is a gigantic splash. Some people might not believe that Kuzma is as big of, a, of an upgrade over HB as others do. So that's all very subjective. But I certainly don't feel like the Kings are the team with the most to prove this offseason. And I also don't feel like they have to make this gigantic splash this offseason. I don't feel like they have to necessarily, Nick, when when talking about how things how it'll affect the way things play out next season. I I think there are paths to improving this basketball team that aren't that aren't the big swing or the big splash or however you want to term it. But I think for the perception around the around the basketball world of hey are you going to are you going to are you going to build on what you did last year or was that just was that just a blip on the radar of the of the kings breaking the the playoff drought and now they start going back to being same old kings slow slide back to irrelevance if you will or are you going to use that 36 million dollars to add something to what was already a 3 seed and raise some eyebrows around the NBA you know what i mean because they still they still have the 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 stink on them of, right. of the playoff drought, right. where you have te- you have people putting the Lakers in the playoffs already, where we literally don't know more than three of their rostered players at this point. I could I could find you a bunch of examples like that around this league with teams that have a lot more question marks than the Kings do right now, but yet for some reason odds makers are giving them a better chance to go to and win the finals or make deep playoff runs than what they're giving the Kings. There's a reason for that. They they may need to make a big splash in some people's minds to to know that they're serious about taking this next step as an organization. There's a lot of teams you could name that have more to prove. 
uh, with their offseason moves. And, and I look at it as they've got to justify it. It's, it's not necessarily like, what have you done for me lately? It's more like, well, you, you know, what does your roster look like? And the moves that you make this offseason, you know, does that move make you better? I think there's I think there's some pressure on Phoenix that was brought up earlier in the show by Beeman in the YouTube chat with the Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal trades that better work if not you are Dunzo. Uh, you also have Philadelphia who could be pars- uh, possibly mentioned. I know Arco's ghost in the YouTube chat brings up the 76ers. So there's there's a lot of options. You brought up LA, the Lakers, especially with you know LeBron heading towards his 39th year on the planet. So there, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, options that we look at. I, I would not put the Kings at the top of that list. So some of the stuff we talked about regarding the Kings, and we want to continue our Kings talk in 90 seconds. I will tell you why. If you love Keegan Murray, you might not want to like Kyle Kuzma. Your afternoon home for Kings Talk and more. This is Cattles and Rami on Sacktown Sports. Just having to keep track of everything that's going on on Twitter, just making sure I'm not missing anything. What's that, going on now? It's that time of year. Nothing. I just oh. every time I see a tweet from somebody involved with the NBA, I'm <laughs> distracted. What's happening now? It's gonna be even worse tomorrow on Friday. What's going on with Van Fleet? Fred Van Fleet about to get paid like a billion dollars by the Houston Rockets. Sounds like he's gonna get paid. Maybe not a billion, but he's gonna get paid. Alright, so we talked about Kyle Kuzma yesterday, and he's been a name that's been all over the place with the Kings over the last week or two. And yesterday, of course, we told you that Jake Fisher reported that uh Kuzma with the Kings was gaining momentum, quote unquote. And you start to look around, and one of the things you wonder is whether or not Kuzma to the Kings is gaining momentum because other Kuzma suitors are dropping like freaking flies. Utah traded for John Collins. I would expect they're out. As we just mentioned, Houston supposedly ready to offer Fred Van Vliet like $40 million a year, if not more. Uh, of course, they have cap space that they could do that and offer Kuzma something because they're at like $61 million in cap space. But their their focus seems to be on Van Vliet. Indiana, a lot of the Indiana talk is about Harrison Barnes, and also today, uh, Jake Fisher wrote about Max Struess being a possibility. So maybe it's Struess, maybe it's HB, but you start to look around, all these teams that have been linked with Kuzma, many of them seem to be pivoting to something else. Mm -hmm. Is that because they're falling out of love with the idea of Kuzma, or is it because Kuzma and the Kings or Kuzma and some other team already is working on a deal. But there's one angle, Rami, that we did not get to yesterday that I wanted to drill down on today because I think it's very, very critical as far as, you know, looking at where this team is and where this team is going to be going. And by the way, uh, as I mentioned, the Pacers and Struess, Mark Stein, 
uh, is reporting that the Pacers are strongly weighing a three-year deal to offer Max Struess in the $48 million range. So that just kind of furthers the the idea that the Pacers could be using their space on Struess and not so much on Kuzma. But there's one thing, Rami, that we haven't hit yet, and that's Kuzma and his impact, if it's going to be Kuzma, his impact on Keegan Murray. Because we know what Harrison Barnes is. We know who he is as a player. We know Harrison is not going to necessarily get in the way of Keegan's development. That's not the type of player that HB is. He's not in love with just jacking up a bunch of crazy shots. A lot of times you watch HB and yell, hey, man, jack up a shot. Got to take one. Don't feel bad about it. Try it out. Not so much in the playoffs because he couldn't make anything. But Kuzma's signing, Rami, how much could that obstruct Keegan's development? And should that be a concern for Monty McNair and the Kings if they are looking at Kyle Kuzma? I wouldn't be too worried about it because we've been saying, Nick, that this this team almost has to upgrade. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the big swing or the big splash, but however you you do upgrade, you you would think – you're adding players to this team that, yes, you need rebounding, and yes, you need to upgrade the defense, but I think a prerequisite for anybody who's added to this roster is shooter. Just because of the offense that Mike Brown and Jay Triano want to run, and specifically, they're going to be looking for guys that can hit the three, and that can hit the spot-up three, the catch-and-shoot three, the corner three-pointer, which are all things that Keegan Murray does and does well, but for the same reason that they they drafted Keegan Murray and they liked him coming out in the draft is the same reason that they would add guys who have those same skill sets. And so I guess what I'm saying is whether it's Kyle Kuzma or whether it's a couple of guys, Harrison Barnes and Sasha Vizenkov and 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 another another piece to come off the bench, whoever it is, they're gonna be guys that are going to demand shots that are that that are going to get worked into this system and into this offensive game plan. And Keegan Murray is is going to have to adjust to whatever they put around him and keep developing and keep growing and, and keep finding his own shot. You, you, you want to keep adding, I know this is stating the obvious, you want to keep adding quality talent and good basketball players and good shooters to this roster. Whether they're named Kyle Kuzma or anybody else, if they're taking away from Keegan Murray – then I think that's more on Keegan Murray than it is on the Sacramento Kings. I do have some concern with Kuzma specifically. I get your point about, oh, whether it's this guy or that guy, they're all going to take some shots away. But there are specific personalities and characteristics to human beings that make them individuals. And I I can't just say, oh, well, Kyle Kuzma is this guy, then HB, and it's going to be one of those two. Kuzma, to me, by the way he has talked in the past, by the way he tweets – just his his approach, I think he has this motivation and goal to be at least a number two guy on a team. I think he's driven, which is great to be driven, but I think he's driven, though, to prove to the basketball world that he could be more than the third or fourth option with the Lakers years ago or the guy who was you know putting up some good numbers on a terrible team. I, I think he has that motivation. And one of my concerns about Kuzma is that means for somebody that's been very inefficient, somebody who's a very streaky shooter, somebody who is a volume shooter, somebody who has questionable shot selection, 
if you give him the contract and he walks into that locker room and he's paid that 25 to 30 million a year if that's what he's going to get he's going to want to prove to the world that he is one of the guys and he's going to want to prove to the world that he is more than what we've seen in past iterations of him as an NBA player and so i do have some concerns that you know Kuzma's penchant for taking shots and loving taking shots and loving taking threes that that will take away from Keegan's development as possibly the number two on this team within the next couple of years. And you also have Malik Monk. I I don't know if you're going to find shots for anybody else if Monk and Kuzma are on the floor at the same time. I know Monk does a great job of, you know, facilitating at times. He's a very good playmaker, and we talked about that a bunch this past year. But Monk also is known for not being afraid to shoot. So at a certain point, you want to see Keegan have the opportunity. And I just I just wonder if Kuzma and his thirst to be a top two option and the money, him trying to justify a contract, I do wonder if that's going to take the basketball away from Keegan and not stop him from, from developing, but obstruct and get in the way because I'd like to see Keegan try to create more. That's one of the skills he has to develop. If he wants to take the next step at the NBA level, he has to develop the ability to create offensively. He's not an ISO guy. I don't mean go Carmelo on us and just be ISO heavy. I mean being able to create opportunities for yourself and teammates with the ball in your hands. He didn't do a lot of that last year. And that's one of the main reasons why he hardly ever got to the free throw line. So I, I do think it's part of the math, whether you agree or disagree that this is going to, you know, hamper some of the development of, of Keegan. All I know is that if, if you have Kuzma with the ball in his hands when Fox and Domas doesn't have it in his hands, and then you got Monk with the ball in his hands when those guys don't have it in their hands, then Keegan's going to be Keegan. And, it, it, and that could be fine. But the role that Keegan played last year is going to be very similar to the role that he plays this year if you upgrade over Barnes and bring in a guy who wants his shots. So, which again could be fine, but I don't know if we're going to get the answer. I don't know if we're going to get the answer about Keegan and his ability to grow as a, a creator offensively if you bring in another guy that wants the ball in his hands. I almost want those opportunities to go to Keegan to see if he can get to that level quicker. I can see that, but I'm more especially, and if I'm Mike Brown and Monty McNair, I'm certainly thinking this way. This is more about the Kings and their development as a whole than it is about Keegan Murray individually. You know what I mean? Right. And, and if you if if you feel like adding Kyle Kuzma or whoever the, whoever it might be, adding them to this roster makes you a better basketball team, even if it means slightly slowing down the development of a Keegan Murray, I think that's it's still something that I'm that I'm thinking that I'm thinking I, I think it's a great do. question. For sure. Like the great question is, hey, are you willing to somewhat limit the development of Keegan over the next year or two if it means you're bringing in somebody who's going to take the shots from him, going to take the usage from him, if it means that 
the team is more successful. If if it makes the team better and it makes the team closer to a Western Conference Finals, let's say, then are you as worried or as you or, or as focused on Keegan's development with that scenario? But I think it's something that you got to think about if you're Monty, and I'm sure he's thought about it. He's probably thought about it a lot. If we bring in somebody, how will they mix with the others? It, and will, in any kind of way, will it limit Keegan's ability to grow and develop and maybe become the guy? Because a lot of people see Keegan as the eventual second best player on this team. And I don't think you get there unless he's able to develop those other skills. And is he given the room to grow and develop those other skills if he has even more guys in front of him? Callback's coming up. I'm going to light up these phone lines. The phone is ringing. And we are checking to see who's on the line. Long time listener, first time caller. News gossip, a story. Okay, who's the next victim? It's the callback. On Cattles and Rami. By the way, Justin texted in off our conversation last segment about if you sign Kyle Kuzma, does that stunt the growth and development of Keegan Murray? And is it worth it if that is the case? Justin texted in, good call, no coups. So Justin, Just like that? Yeah. Just Justin, like that, Justin? Justin says, do not, uh, do not impede the progress of one Keegan Murray by signing Kyle Kuzma. So I guess that's the end of that conversation. Is that easily swayed? Justin, I mean, why does it have to be painted that way? Why, why can't you, you know, why can't you say, oh, Nick, you, you made a pretty good persuasive argument. Presented some really clear points about the development of Keegan and being better for the future. Because I believe in being stubborn. Why do you hate me is the question. What is, what, what, what's the broken function here between us? You know that's not true. <laughs> You're my guy. Uh, I'm a oh, shoe yeah. in for hate of the year. Shoe in for hate of the year. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, the callback. That's what we're doing here today, Nick. That's what we're doing. So we had Chris Biederman on the program earlier today. He, of course, has all guests on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda. Your one-stop Honda, Honda shop. Hey. And, How about uh, that? Look at that. I See, helped, I told you it'd come together. I helped that one along. Nick sang a little bit. That was cool. Reps, baby. So, uh... So, Chris Biederman, will the Kings take a big swing on Friday? If you're in this business of sports media, you gotta you got to be prepared for anything. I think it sounds like, and I know other people are reporting this, that the, the Harrison Barnes thing is, is gaining steam. And, uh, and so, I, I guess that wouldn't really surprise me given how much you know, how much adoration Mike Brown showed for Harrison Barnes last year, calling him really irreplaceable at various points throughout last season. Um, but, you know, the Kings cleared up all that cap space for, for a reason, I would think. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. But if they did bring back Harrison Barnes and signed Domana Sabonis to an extension, I think that would certainly make sense. I also think there would certainly be questions about, you know, are the Kings getting substantially better uh, if if that's the way they they spend their resources this off season, so I you know I'm I'm kind of ready for ready for everything. I think I think the Kings are a really interesting team, given that they were the three seed, given that they did open up a bunch of cap space and could potentially get better. Um, whether or not they're a free agent destination, so to speak, remains to be seen. But they are a team that um, that that I think has a chance to make a substantial leap if they if they can acquire some pieces. But we'll have to see if they're able to do it. I'll get to that in a second, but uh, Daniil Butt, <laughs> that is his name, 
fifth. Play. He was just drafted uh, in the NHL draft, and the reason why I bring this up is he looks like he's twelve. Oh, I thought because his name was Butt. Well, that too. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he looks like he's twelve years old. He's tall, but his face—he looks like he's twelve. He does. He looks like he doesn't shave. So I just thought about this. The, the word I would use is underwhelmed. But what word would you use if it came to pass that the Kings sign Harrison Barnes for, let's say, $16 million, $17 million. Let's say $16 million. And then they bumped Domas $8 million. What word would you use if, if on Friday we're talking about the Kings using 24 of their $35 million available to them? To bring back Harrison Sabonis. Barnes and extend Sabonis. And don't forget about Kessler Edwards. They also add another two million. Kessler Edwards. Twenty six million of your thirty five million went to um, Barnes, Sabonis, and Kessler Edwards. Yeah, I would probably underwhelmed is probably the word that, that I would use. Not uh, great, right? No, but I mean you also have to factor in the fact they, they did make the offer to Vizankov. You almost said ta- factor in the fact. If he takes that and and then you still have twelve million to play with to further Upgrade the bench, or, or like I said, maybe maybe get somebody who can push Harrison Barnes to the bench. Then at the end of the day, you'll have upgraded. And and depending on what those pieces are, Nick, while not big swings or knock your socks off type of moves, maybe they're the types of moves that give them the ability to do what you and I talked about them not having the ability to do during the playoffs, which is be versatile. In the ways that they can beat you, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, if 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 they if they are able to accomplish that task, that goal uh, of of making this a more versatile roster for whatever matchups they might face in the playoffs, then low key, I think you should be pretty happy about it. While it's not, you know, opening the big present under the tree on Christmas Day. If you if if they've done that, I think that's that's low key something Kings fans could be happy and satisfied with. I think there could be a decent chunk of Kings fans that would be very disappointed if it was 25, 26 million of that 35 million in cap space going to Domas, Barnes and Kessler Edwards. I, I think they'd be pretty disappointed. JJ would be upset. J I would not want to be near JJ on Friday. I'd love to be near JJ on Friday. Uh you know, just in general, I, just in general speaking, but yeah. I, I think uh, I'm not sure JJ will be uh, on the show on Friday. Sounds like he might still be in the morning on Friday, but that might be a good thing because if if that's the uh, result, whoo, JJ gonna be on. He's gonna be on one. Yes, he is. He is going to be on one. All right, back to Chris Biederman on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Uh, here he is talking about prioritizing flexibility more than just one specific player with this aforementioned cap space. I think it's fair to say Rashawn Holmes and his contract, you know, $12 million a year for a guy who's out of your rotation. Getting him off the books is prudent, sort of no matter what your long-term sure. plan is. So if, if you're going to have a guy on your bench who's making $12 million, who you're just not going to play and who doesn't fit the style of play that your new coaching staff is implementing, then it absolutely makes sense to, to try to move off of him and clear up space. Um, I, I think what McNair ultimately, and I, I don't know this, the Kings are very, very tight-lipped, but I would say ultimately what McNair wanted was flexibility and whether that's having a seat at the table when it comes to free agent negotiations um, with some of these guys and just having the flexibility to uh, make a pretty drastic move if one were to present itself, right? Like if... 
somehow Cam Johnson sign and trade from Brooklyn becomes available, then the Kings do have the cap space and the trade exception to make something like that work potentially. They no doubt have uh, flexibility. It's what you do with that flexibility. And what is the big swing? Is there a big swing? Do you actually consider what they do a big swing? They might consider a big swing being X. You might consider a big swing being Y. So there's just so much. It's it's a lot of fun to think about. There's a lot of possibilities. But, of course, Rami, with the possibilities and the flexibility, I think becomes more pressure. Mm -hmm. And I do think this fan base is, and they should be looking forward to Friday. I don't know what the Kings are going to do. And I'm not sold that there are a lot of people outside of Monty McNair's office that know what they're going to do or want to do. All I can say is, and we said this on Monday, the trade on draft night opened up a lot of different avenues and paths and possibilities. And you should be excited that the Kings are at least in this position Mm -hmm. to do something that could be considered a big swing. Not many teams that are the three seed find themselves in this position. No. With this kind of opportunity to improve on their roster. Not at all. Literally no other playoff team is, has cap room this offseason. Not a one. And Kings are the only ones. That's significant. It's I think that's very significant. Because you can match a lot of these deals that are going to be thrown out there as offers for any free agent that you're into. Yep. And it always goes to the free agent. Like if Kyle Kuzma wants to be a number two option and the Kings, he might not be sold on the idea as being the number two here in Sacramento, then he might go elsewhere where he has the opportunity. But you're walking into free agency as the three seed. Two wins away from 50 on the season. The stability of the GM, the stability of the head coach. Fox Domas, two All-NBA players. Keegan Murray, very promising young player. Made the All-Rookie team. 30 Five thirty-six million million in cap space, a $12 million trade exception, a $7.7 million room exception. All of these things you have in your arsenal as you approach free agency. You're in a great spot. You are in a fantastic spot. Yep. This spot is even better than we thought the spot they would be in, and we thought they'd be in a pretty strong position. I mean, this is really strong. It's all just up to, you know, what what are the ideas? Who's available via trade that we might not even be talking about? And who's willing to say yes to the deal? But you should be excited. And I also think it'd be fair if you were underwhelmed or disappointed if it was, hey, we're running back HB, Domas, and Kessler Edwards. That... That would be a little bit deflating. And you have all the right in the world to feel that way, if you feel that way, if that's what happens on Friday. Sure. I don't tell people how to fan, Nick. It's kind of scary in your head, right? Because like when you're going through these things, you're like, ooh, they have the cap space to do this. They have the cap space to do that. And you start getting your hopes up, and you start getting really excited. And then if it's like HB, Domas extension, and uh, a third point guard. After 17 names have been thrown around in the yeah, last three weeks. after you've read everything, right? OG Adenobi, Kyle Kuzma, Draymond Green, this one, that one. P.J. Washington, John Collins, Pascal Siakam. And it's like, uh, hey, you brought back Harrison Barnes. You extended Domas. 
And uh, you sign this other dude for like five, six million. Vizankov, too. And Torian Prince. Worst thing that could happen, though. <laughs> Harrison Barnes, a Domas extension, and Torian Prince. So you're doing cartwheels. If if you're if if they end up on the outside looking in, Nick, you know what I mean. If if they try to get in on some of these free agents, and Harrison Barnes walks in the meantime, or say you've brought up this possibility a couple times, they get in on somebody who's a restricted free agent, and during the waiting period that the the market just dries up, that would be the worst thing that could happen to the Kings. They they need to be active. And be active early, and and make sure that they're not left holding the bag. Literally, just sitting there with a bag of money, just like nobody wants this. Nobody's going to come play for the Kings for all this money because that could happen if 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 the dominoes fall the wrong way. Weren't we saying this during the trade deadline? Yes, though? we were. Okay. Yes, we were. Just checking. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that an that, inactive that trade indeed, deadline happen. Yes, ended the season a little bit prematurely. Or was it? Steph Curry shooting lights out. We're not going to do this. Okay. I'll turn it I off. appreciate the effort, but we're not going to. Okay. We're not going to. That's fair. I have a very important story to tell next. So. <laughs> By the way, uh, <laughs> we want to make sure. Thanks to Chris Biederman for uh, joining us. Again, he was on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Uh, Rami will tell this uh, very important story coming up next. Time during the afternoon drive. Cattles and Robbie. Sacktown Sports. Tell you what, man. I deserve an award for biting my tongue this week. I don't have an award to give you. Ooh, I couldn't hear, but I could see through the glass. And is my appreciation <laughs> award enough? I appreciate you. Yes. All right. Good. Yes. Good. I'm glad. So we got to get to this story that you wanted to, to share with people. But first, uh, there's a there's a pretty a pretty great soundbite that I, I I consider it pretty great. Um. Maybe people will disagree, but I thought this was pretty good. So there's lots of Tobias Harris stuff floating around. Mm-hmm. As we've talked about, you know, as we get ready for free agency, uh, there's a lot of Tobias Harris stuff. There's just a lot of stuff, period, end of sentence. People getting ready for Friday and, you know, who's available, who's not available, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Tobias Harris has been part of all that. So Tobias Harris was on NBC Sports Philly. I don't know if this was like a community thing or something, but he was. it looked like he was playing basketball or he was involved with some kind of event. And uh, NBC Sports Philly catches up with Tobias, and they end up, uh, they end up grabbing him, pulling him aside, and, and, and asking him about these rumors. Trade speculation, you know... Casual Sixers fans, they'll trade me for a crumble cookie. <laughs> it's trade conversations. You know, 76ers, casual 76ers fans would trade me for a crumble cookie. Trade speculation. Trade speculation. You know, casual Sixers fans, they'll trade me for a crumble cookie. Crumble cookies are pretty good, though, man. You ever had a crumble cookie? 
Uh, I don't know if I have. They're really good. (laughs) We might have some this uh, this Friday. They're a sponsor of the morning show. Really, it's a a quality cookie. It's a quality, quality cookie. Yeah. I mean, I've acted pretty obscene before at Golden One Center for whenever they're doing those free. Oh yeah, they're free the free yeah. the free cookie giveaway. I mean, I've lost it for tacos for for all kinds of things. So I'm I'm with I'm with them here. You gotta like download an app. It's yeah. a whole thing. Free to get pizza for a cookie. Yeah. Not doing all that. Sounds like Tobias is painfully aware of. Uh, but did you know Tobias Harris the feelings towards him from 76ers fans? At least some of them. Did you know he owns? Uh, a crumble couple, cookie? couple of crumble cookie franchises. Yeah. Yes, he does. Oh, yes, he look does. at you, Tobias. <laughs> that is smart. Look at you doing plug. work. Yeah. Oh my God, I got God. All right. Look at you nice doing work. Plug by Tobias Harris, right there. Tremendous, tremendous. Did you see how Crumble Cookie responded to him? No, tell me. Crumble Cookie tweeted out, if Tobias Harris stays on the Philadelphia 76ers, everyone in Philly gets a free cookie. Oh everyone God. gets a cookie. By the way, what's wrong with our uh, YouTube? Is there something wrong with it? What do you mean? What happened? I don't know. Just It's just gone. Unless it's just me. I think it's just you. Really? Yeah, it's just you. I pulled I up. I still uh... see my handsome face. All right. Right there. Well, there you go. And YouTube, but my handsome face. Well, that handsome face is about to tell us a story that he uh, he is he just couldn't wait to tell I us. I could not wait. Him. Nick, I was uh, terrible at being single. I don't know about you because I just never, like, I couldn't. It's been a long time. I yeah. can't even remember. I couldn't work up. I just, <laughs> I had a hard time working up the courage to shoot the shot, you know, often. And I'm just amazed by some dudes and some of the shots that they're willing to shoot. No when pun I, intended. Shot selection. <laughs> yes. When I, uh, some dudes are Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, telling just me. launching. <laughs> just launching. You know what the I Jordan mean? Jordan Poole, yeah. So, uh, before we continue the story, just a quick Quick thing about that. I, I worked at Cutco, Cutco Cutlery when I was in college. Oh. And one of the things, one of the things that they would uh they would say to to people, especially, obviously, especially dudes, was like, Hey, if you're uh look at sales as if you're at the at the bar or at a oh, nightclub. That'll oh, help. No. You know this is giving me a yucky just say, feeling. You gotta wait, you, just wait. You gotta work through the nose before you <laughs> You know, you might you might not catch the lady's eye, everybody. So you might have to. You it's might a have numbers to, game. It's a yeah, numbers it's a numbers game, game exactly. right? Yeah, Play the numbers game. Well, we go to the Washington D.C. area, and it was around 4 a.m. on May 8th. And Amber Baron arrived home after delivering pizzas. She told the Post she ducked into her house to feed her pets before popping back outside to check the mailbox. As she emerged, a stranger approached, prompting her to ask if she could help him. She said. He asked if she lived there. A nerve, Braun told a truth and a lie. Yes, she lived there with her boyfriend, who was home, she said. That's when the man allegedly pulled a gun out of his hoodie pocket, aiming it at her chest. The man told Braun that he had planned to break into her house, but because she had unexpectedly shown up, he demanded she fork over her keys. She told him she didn't have anything of value in her home, but could give him $100 in tips she made that night delivering pizzas. An Indianapolis police detective wrote in a sworn affidavit, the man agreed, ordering her to her 2006 Impala to fetch the money. Uh, As she did, Braun did as she was told, opening the driver's side door and grabbing the cash from her purse. While doing so, she offered the man a pizza that she had taken home from her job, telling him something along the lines of, I know it's hard when you're struggling. 
can, all right, quick time out. She's there. the nicest lady in the world. I was going to say, like, you're you're getting robbed. Yes. And you offer the person the pizza. After he declined, Baron gave him the money. And he declined. How about that? The I hood spot on that guy. <laughs> I give him the $100 thinking that's enough to save him, and he will hopefully leave me alone. Instead, the stranger mumbled something about his family and then asked a question she did not expect. You really have a boyfriend? Oh, my God. Yes, she told him. Does he treat you right? She recalled him saying, well, he's not robbing her, so that's a start. you got to be kidding me. She was stunned, unsure of how to respond, but eventually said yes. The man then did something else unexpected. What if she said no? He asked whether they could be Facebook friends. With the gun still trained on her, Baron agreed. Police said the man allegedly told her his name was Damien Boyce, and after she typed that into Facebook's search bar, he pointed out his profile before <laughs> hopping on his bike and taking off. Hopping on his bike. Later, oh, Boyce gosh. accepted Baron's friend request, police said, and his first message came less than three hours after he had left her place. He was thirsty. Look, just know I'm going to pay you back, he allegedly wrote, acknowledging that robbing her was a bad way to meet, and she was, quote, too pretty to rob. Oh, my God. Baron replied There's later so that much morning, I'm overwhelmed. according to messages. There is provided, so much in this. I am overwhelmed. She said, I believe you, man. I can tell you're sweet. Times just get tough. I, I know that. I sweet. Then she was just trying to get rid of this guy. Boyce told her he felt bad and swore to pay her back. The messages show. Then Boyce allegedly invited her to, quote, come chill with me. She said, I do have a man. You know I can't do that. I wish you the best, though. <laughs> guy robbed her at gunpoint. Yes. She offered him a pizza. Yes. He turned down the pizza. He then hit on her. Then jumped on really his have a boyfriend? jumped on his bicycle to to cycle himself home. After, after getting after getting her. after getting the Facebook uh the Facebook Friend situation request. figured yeah. out. Yeah. And then 3 hours later he Facebook messages her he wants to admitting chill. that he just committed a crime. You want to come chill with me? To ask her if she wants to hang out that night. Uh, needless to say, he was caught. <laughs> oh, you don't say that. That they they got a hold of the Mensa. You don't you don't say the oh, audacity, Mensa. the gall. Oh, my God. God, dudes are the worst. Dudes are the worst. <laughs> Lost in this terrible, terrible story. Just a terrible criminal. Just terrible. Yeah, just bad board. at it. Again, there's just so much to unpack. Oh my God. Uh, thanks to Kyle. Thanks to uh, Simone as well. Rami, good stuff. Come chill with me. Back tomorrow. Cattles and Rami, Sacktown School. Because James Ham had some numbers, and I had some numbers, and my numbers didn't match his numbers. I figured it out. You and Ham had some beef. So No, no, no. no. There was no beef. I just at least like not it. from my end. I like it, Rami. Thank, Thank you. you. Rami just no. wanted to make Thank a meat you. joke. There was, no, there was no beef with James Ham. That was baloney. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue the three on. of you together at times. <laughs> Carry on. So you're math. You're doing math. Okay. That joke cut deep. <laughs> so I'm going to power through. Gotcha. So if he makes all NBA again, he can get a five-year, $246 million extension. I don't know what that was. Keep going. It wasn't computer. you, Kyle. It was. Yeah, I just did. Rami forgets <laughs> to mute his computer just, every day. Sometimes we just luck out. Most of the time, when a sound goes off, it's during a break. But this time, it was smack dab <laughs> just, in the middle oh, of the week. I got an email. I'm my never going to get through the math. Go ahead. <laughs> Sounds like you've got beef now. I'm going to fight all of you. You know what? Just stop it, Kyle. Come in here, and I'm going to fight you. 
And Simone, you take over the board. And if okay. it gets bad for Kyle, call the cops. This is a little too raw for me. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm no chicken. This is my second cup of coffee of the day. Trying to cut back from five to three.